听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎您收听轻松调频美文阅读 Morse Read， 我是沈听。让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。今天我们将会听到奥地利诗人赖内·玛利亚·里尔克的一句话。接着来欣赏中国唐代两位诗人崔颢和李白的两首经典名作《黄鹤楼》与《登金陵凤凰台》。最后，让我们一起来听美国小说家威廉·福克纳在诺贝尔文学奖颁奖典礼上的致辞。用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote。There are no classes in life for beginners. Right away, you're always asked to deal with what is most difficult. Rainer Maria Rilke. 生活中没有适合初学者的课程，你总是被要求马上处理最困难的事情。赖内·玛利亚·里尔克。赖内·玛利亚·里尔克，奥地利诗人，出生于布拉格。其早期代表作为《生活与诗歌》《梦幻》《耶稣降临节》等，成熟期的代表作有《祈祷书》《新诗集》《新诗续集》以及《杜伊诺哀歌》等。此外，里尔克还有日记体长篇小说《马尔特手记》。1875年，里尔克出生于一个铁路职员家庭。高中毕业后，他在布拉格大学等校学习哲学、文学史和艺术史。此后，曾在慕尼黑和柏林从事写作，在文坛崭露头角后，里尔克在国内国外不停地游历。1915年一战期间，他被征入伍，服役于维也纳战事档案馆。1919年迁居瑞士，直到去世。里尔克与叶芝、艾略特被誉为欧洲现代最伟大的三位诗人，他的存在主义诗思更是深深地影响到后来的存在主义大师海德格尔与萨特等人。可以说是存在主义的一大诗性源头。里尔克的诗歌尽管充满孤独、痛苦情绪和悲观虚无思想，但艺术造诣很高，不仅展示了诗歌的音乐美和雕塑美，而且表达了一些难以表达的内容，扩大了诗歌的艺术表现领域，对现代诗歌的发展产生了巨大影响。There are no classes in life for beginners. Right away, you're always asked to deal with what is most difficult. Rainer Maria Rilke. 生活中没有适合初学者的课程，你总是被要求马上处理最困难的事情。赖内·玛利亚·里尔克。
您正在收听的是轻松调频美文阅读 m o t o Read。下面让我们一起走进诗歌的世界。m o t o Read， 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day。今天让我们一起来读两首著名的唐诗，分别是崔颢的《黄鹤楼》与李白的《登金陵凤凰台》。那么说起来，之所以要把这两首诗放在一起来欣赏，是因为这其中的一个典故。相传李白在登临黄鹤楼后，被壮观的景色所陶醉，一时间诗兴大发，胸中好像已经积蓄了千言万语，正欲喷薄而出之时，忽然看到了崔颢所提的《黄鹤楼》一诗，登时敬佩不已，自己的灵感也仿佛一扫而光，就此搁笔，只道出了一首打油诗。一拳打倒黄鹤楼，一脚踢翻鹦鹉洲。眼前有景道不得，崔颢题诗在上头，感叹崔颢的诗写的实在是太好，随后翩然而去。当然了，这个典故很可能是后人杜撰的，不过倒也符合李白的性格。而像李白这样的天才诗人，当然也绝不会就此甘心，是要与崔颢一比高低。直到他到了金陵后，才写出了可与崔颢的《黄鹤楼》相媲美的《登金陵凤凰台》。而关于这两首诗歌孰高孰低的争论，自古以来一直就没有停止。每个人心中应该都有自己的评价标准，但不论怎样，这两首诗歌都堪称经典。下面呢，让我们先来听崔颢的《黄鹤楼》，中文版本由南海之声的主持人米亚牛为您朗读。英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗诵，由许渊冲翻译。黄鹤楼，崔颢。昔人已乘黄鹤去，此地空余黄鹤楼。黄鹤一去不复返，白云千载空悠悠。晴川历历汉阳树，芳草萋萋鹦鹉洲。日暮乡关何处是？烟波江沙。是人愁。Yellow Crane Tower, Swayhow. The sage on Yellow Crane was gone amid clouds white. To what avail is Yellow Crane Tower left here? Once gone, the Yellow Crane will ne'er on earth alight. Only white clouds still float in vain from year to year. By sunlit river trees can be counted one by one. On Parrot Islet, sweet green grass grows fast and thick. Where is my native land beyond the setting sun? 
The mist-veiled waves of River Han make me homesick. Cui Hao, Tang Dai Shiren, 大约出生于公元七百零四年，公元七百五十四年去世，汴州人，即今天的河南开封人。前期他的诗作多写归情。流于浮艳轻薄，后来的边塞生活使他的诗风大振，忽变长体，风骨凛然。尤其是边塞诗慷慨豪迈，雄浑奔放，名著当时。《全唐诗》存其诗42首，而《黄鹤楼》这首诗歌的具体创作时间则已无从考证。黄鹤楼因其所在之武昌黄鹤山而得名，传说费祎登仙驾鹤于此。这首诗就是从楼名之由来写起的。诗人登临古迹黄鹤楼，泛览眼前景物，即景而生情，诗性大作，脱口而出，一泻千里，既自然红丽，又饶有风骨。诗虽不斜律，但音节嘹亮而不拗口，真是信手而就，一气呵成，成为历代所推崇的珍品。接下来，让我们再来欣赏由李白创作的这首。登金陵凤凰台，这是李白登金陵凤凰台时创作的怀古抒情诗，全诗八句五十六字，以登临凤凰台时的所见所感而起兴畅叹，把天荒地老的历史变迁与悠远飘忽的传说故事结合起来，抒致言情，用以表达深沉的历史感愧与清醒的现实思索。这首诗气韵高古，格调悠远。体现了李白诗歌以气夺人的艺术特色。好，下面呢，就让我们一起来读一下李白的这首《登金陵凤凰台》。中文版本仍然是由南海之声的主持人米亚牛为您朗诵，而诗歌的英文翻译，我为大家选取了两个不同的版本，分别是由许渊冲和何中坚翻译。登金陵凤凰台，李白。凤凰台上凤凰游，凤去台空江自流。蜈蚣花草埋幽径，静待一观成古丘。三山半落青天外，二水中分白鹭洲。总为浮云能蔽日，长安不见使人愁。Phoenix Terrace at Jinling, Li Bai. On Phoenix Terrace, once phoenixes came to sing. The birds are gone, but still roll on the river's waves. The ruined palaces, buried 'neath the weeds in spring, 
the ancient sages in caps and gowns all lie in graves. The three-peaked mountain is half lost in azure sky. The two-forked stream by Egret Isle is kept apart as floating clouds can veil the bright sun from the eye Imperial Court, now out of sight, saddens my heart. Ascending the Phoenix Terrace at Jinling by Lee Bai Phoenixes once roamed on the Phoenix Terrace ground. They are gone. The terrace is empty. The river keeps rolling on unbound. Solitary paths of Wu Palace lie buried under flowers and weeds. Aristocrats of Jin in the ancient mound. The three peaks rise halfway into the blue sky. Two rivers split where the Egret Isle is found. The sun can be darkened with clouds. Losing sight of Chang'an makes me feel down. Beauty of words. 欢迎您继续收听轻松调频美文阅读 More to Read. 我是沈听。下面让我们一起来感受 Beauty of words. 威廉·卡斯伯特·福克纳出生于1897年 ，1962 年去世。美国小说家、诗人和剧作家。是美国文学历史上最具影响力的作家之一，意识流文学在美国的代表人物。其代表作有《喧哗与骚动》《我弥留之际》《鸭沙龙》《鸭沙龙》等。1950年，福克纳因为对当代美国小说做出了强有力的和在艺术上无与伦比的贡献，而获得1949年度的诺贝尔文学奖。那么接下来呢，我们就一起来读一下他在接受该奖时所发表的致辞。Speech at the Nobel Banquet by William Faulkner. 在诺贝尔颁奖礼上的致辞，威廉·福克纳。I feel that this award was not made to me as a man, but to my work, a life's work in the agony and sweat of the human spirit, not for glory and least of all for profit. But to create out of the materials of the human spirit something which did not exist before, so this award is only mine in trust. It will not be difficult to find a dedication for the money part of it, commensurate with the purpose and significance of its origin. But I would like to do the same with the acclaim too, by using this moment as a pinnacle from which I might be listened to by the young men and women already dedicated to the same anguish and travail, 
among whom is already that one who will someday stand here where I am standing. 我感到这份奖金不是授予我个人，而是授予我的工作的，授予我一生从事关于人类精神的呕心沥血的工作。我从事这项工作不是为名，更不是为利。而是为了从人的精神原料中创造出一些从前不曾有过的东西，因此，这份奖金只不过是托我保管而已。为这份奖金的钱找到与奖金原来的目的和意义相称的用途并不难，但我还想为奖金的荣誉找到承受者。我愿意利用这个时刻，利用这个举世瞩目的讲坛。向那些听到我讲话并已现身同意艰苦劳动的男女青年致敬，他们中肯定有人有一天也会站到我现在站着的地方。Our tragedy today is a general and universal physical fear so long sustained by now that we can even bear it. There are no longer problems of the spirit. There is only the question: When will I be blown up? Because of this, the young man or woman writing today has forgotten the problems of the human heart in conflict with itself, which alone can make good writing. Because only that is worth writing about, worth the agony and the sweat. 我们今天的悲剧是人们普遍存在一种生理上的恐惧，这种恐惧存在已久，以致我们能够承受下去了。现在再没有精神上的问题了，唯一的问题是，我什么时候会被炸得粉身碎骨？正因为如此，今天从事写作的男女青年已经忘记了人类内心的冲突。然而，只有接触到这种内心冲突，才能产生出好作品，因为这是唯一值得写、值得呕心沥血的去写的。He must learn them again. He must teach himself that the basest of all things is to be afraid, and teaching himself that forget it forever, leaving no room in his workshop for anything but the old verities and truths of the heart, the old universal truth lacking which any story is ephemeral and doomed. Love and honor, and pity and pride, and compassion and sacrifice. 他一定要重新认识这些问题，他必须使自己明白，世间最可比的事情莫过于恐惧。他必须使自己永远忘却恐惧。在他的工作室里，除了心底古老的真理之外，不允许任何别的东西有容身之地。缺了这古老的普遍真理，任何小说都只能昙花一现，注定要失败。这些真理就是爱情、荣誉、怜悯、自尊、同情、牺牲等感情。Until he does so, he labors under a curse. He writes not of love but of lust, of defeats in which nobody loses anything of value, of victories without hope, and worst of all, without pity or compassion. His griefs grieve on no universal bones, leaving no scars. He writes not of the heart, but of the glands. 若是他做不到这样，他的力气终归白费。
他不是写爱情，而是写情欲。他写的失败是没有人感到失去可贵东西的失败。他写的胜利是没有希望，甚至没有怜悯或同情的胜利。他不是为有普遍意义的死亡而悲伤，所以留不下深刻的痕迹。他不是在写心灵，而是在写器官。Until he relearns these things. He will write as though he stood among and watched at the end of man. I decline to accept the end of man. It is easy enough to say that man is immortal simply because he will endure. That when the last ding dong of doom has clanged and faded from the last worthless rock hanging tideless in the last red and dying evening, that even then there will still be one more sound, that of his puny, inexhaustible voice. Still talking, I refuse to accept this. I believe that man will not merely endure; he will prevail. He is immortal, not because he alone among creatures has an inexhaustible voice, but because he has a soul, a spirit capable of compassion and sacrifice and endurance. 在他重新懂得这些之前。他写作时，就犹如站在人类末日中去观察末日的来临。我不接受人类末日的手法，因为人能传种接代，而说人是不朽的，这很容易。因为即使最后一次钟声已经消失，消失在再也没有潮水冲刷映在落日的余晖里，海上最后一块无用的礁石之旁时，还会有一个声音，那就是。人类微弱的、不断的说话声，这样说也很容易。但是我不能接受这种说法。我相信，人类不仅能传种接代，而且能战胜一切。人之不朽，不是因为在动物中唯独它能永远发出声音，而是因为它有灵魂、有同情心、有牺牲和忍耐精神。The poet's, the writer's duty is to write about these things. It is his privilege to help man endure by lifting his heart, by reminding him of the courage and honor and hope and pride and compassion and pity and sacrifice which have been the glory of his past. The poet's voice need not merely be the record of man; it can be one of the props, the pillars. To help him endure and prevail. 诗人和作家的责任，就是把这些写出来。诗人和作家的特殊光荣，就是去鼓舞人的斗志，使人记住过去曾经有过的光荣，曾有过的勇气、荣誉、希望、自尊、同情、怜悯与牺牲精神，以达到不朽。诗人的声音不应只是人类的记录。而应是帮助人类永存并得到胜利的支柱和栋梁。Speech at the Nobel Banquet by William Faulkner. I feel that this award was not made to me as a man, but to my work, a life's work in the agony and sweat of the human spirit. Not for glory, and least of all for profit, 
but to create out of the materials of the human spirit something which did not exist before. So this award is only mine in trust. It will not be difficult to find a dedication for the money part of it commensurate with the purpose and significance of its origin. But I would like to do the same with the acclaim too by using this moment as a pinnacle from which I might be listened to by the young men and women already dedicated to the same anguish and travail, among whom is already that one who will someday stand here where I am standing. Our tragedy today is a general and universal physical fear so long sustained by now that we can even bear it. There are no longer problems of the spirit. There is only the question, when will I be blown up? Because of this, the young man or woman writing today has forgotten the problems of the human heart in conflict with itself, which alone can make good writing because only that is worth writing about, worth the agony and the sweat. He must learn them again. He must teach himself that the basest of all things is to be afraid, and teaching himself that forget it forever, leaving no room in his workshop for anything but the old verities and truths of the heart, the old universal truth lacking which any story is ephemeral and doomed. Love and honor and pity and pride and compassion and sacrifice. Until he does so, he labors under a curse. He writes not of love, but of lust, of defeats in which nobody loses anything of value, of victories without hope, and worst of all, without pity or compassion. His griefs grieve on no universal bones, leaving no scars. He writes not of the heart, but of the glands. Until he relearns these things, he will write as though he stood among and watched at the end of man. I decline to accept the end of man. It is easy enough to say that man is immortal simply because he will endure. That when the last ding-dong of doom has clanned and faded from the last worthless rock hanging tideless in the last red and dying evening, that even then there will still be one more sound that of his puny, inexhaustible voice, still talking. I refuse to accept this. I believe that man will not merely endure, he will prevail. He is immortal, not because he alone among creatures has an inexhaustible voice, but because he has a soul, a spirit capable of compassion and sacrifice and endurance. The poet's, the writer's duty is to write about these things. It is his privilege to help man endure by lifting his heart, by reminding him of the courage and honor and hope and pride and compassion and pity and sacrifice which have been the glory of his past. The poet's voice need not merely be the record of man. It can be one of the props, the pillars, to help him endure and prevail.
谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目。您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目，并随时聆听节目回放。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com， 找到美文阅读板块即可。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。Thank、you